So we're going to be picking up where we left off last week. We've been on a brand new series, a new message for three weeks, titled Winning the War Within. Y'all say that with me. Winning the War Within. Who's interested in, in winning? Who likes to win? To win, right? Winning feels good. Winning is, it helps uh, motivate us. It keeps us moving in the right direction, right? Uh, any Alabama fans in the house? Woo! We had a close one last night, right? But we won, right? Uh, any Braves fans in the house? Right? We won. They won. We're going, right? But I, wanna, I, I just want to say uh, something a little more, not little, something way more important to you this morning. The types of wins that God wants to do in and through his church, in and through your spiritual life, in and through your family, in and through your personal life are far more important and valuable than any football game, baseball game, playoff game. He wants the church to be victorious. Come on, somebody. He wants to shine through. Right? And see, we have all these big grand ideas. We have all these big things that we want God to do in and through us. And that's great. Think big. Pray big. If you're not thinking big enough, it's an insult to God, right? But those external victories that we're chasing, I wonder if the key to our breakthrough, the key to our victory is actually all locked in here. right? You have to begin to change the way that you think about your problems. Change the way you see your circumstances. Change the way you're living life. Change the way you think that you think that you think that you know. Because we all know it all, right? If you know it all, you think you know it all, you probably miss God. (laughs) Amen. We need to be humbled by his presence, by his ways, and by his vision for our life. Amen. And so that's what we've been talking about, and that's what we're going we're gonna to continue to talk about this morning. Amen. Before we get into it, I want to plug that book one more time. It's another resource for you. A lot of the things we've been talking about, some of the points that we've been using have been pulled from this book. Not all of them, but some of them. And so if that's something you want to do, if, if studying the, the mind and changing our mind is something that really uh, challenges you or something that you're really uh, fired up about, get this book. It's a great, great little book, a great little read. It's titled Switch On Your Brain, right, by Dr. Caroline Leaf. The amazing thing is she's a doctor. She knows the brain like, like about nobody else, but she's also a Christian, right? So she's living faith and using science to prove the word of God. That's good news. I've always been an advocate of using science to prove the authenticity of God. Right? God will not be mocked. The deeper you try and disprove him, the more he just stands and says, see, I told you so. I'm good. I'm faithful. Right? So if you want to get that book, it's another resource for you to do some extra studying on your own. Amen? But let's dive in. Let's get started. Look at that first foundational scripture this morning. It comes from Romans 8, 5 through 6. Right? It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, what? Think. Think. Underline that word. Highlight that word this morning. Those that are dominated by their sinful nature, think. We're talking about the mind. We're talking about winning the war within, using our mind and our thoughts, right? Think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, there it is again, think about the things that please the Spirit. So let your sinful nature control your mind. Excuse me. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life 
and peace. Who wants some life? Who wants some peace? Who wants some joy? Who wants some mercy and grace in your life? Any of you? I hope you are a little more involved with Pastor Keith here. You feel free to say amen. Feel free to, to get loud and shout in here if you want. I want those things in my life. But those are all good things. The key, according to this scripture, is my thinking. Have you ever heard Pastor Keith or me say, you can have what you say? Right? You ever heard him say that? Maybe we was lying. Maybe it starts with, maybe we have what we think. Maybe we actually have what we think. Right? Because it starts with a thought. How do, my, how, how do my thoughts be manifested into the present? I manifest my thoughts with my words. I manifest my thoughts with my actions. Right? And so if those things are manifest, if I think that nobody loves me, if I think that God doesn't love me, if I think that God's not for me, it'll be manifested in my life. Here's the cool thing. We can literally change the direction and the destination of our lives just based on our thoughts. Some of us are trying to get here to this place with God, but my thinking's all wrong and I'm actually going this way. Do you know you can't get to your destination if you don't change your direction? And you change your direction with your thoughts. The Holy Spirit showed me it's as simple as changing how I see my problem. Changing how I see the thing that's standing between me and God's best. I change my thinking. I change my direction. When I change my direction, I find my destination. Come on, somebody. Anybody trying to get to heaven one day? Amen. We got to agree with God. We got to agree with his thoughts and agree with his word, right? And what he says about us. So look at that, that first recap point. And so going, recovering it, we said that whoever wins this battle in your mind wins the war for your daily life. You are rich or poor, healthy or unhealthy, joyful or depressed, relationally fulfilled or dysfunctional, victorious or defeated, spiritual or carnal, based on your thoughts. So we, we have what we think. Proverbs 27.3, does anybody know what it says? As a man thinketh, so is he. If I think a certain way about a certain person, place, or thing, situation, then I stay stuck and actually live at the level of my thinking. I'm stuck living at the level of what I think. And nine times out of ten, if I'm thinking in the natural, if I'm seeing in the natural, if I'm living in the natural through my flesh, then I'm thinking, seeing, experiencing wrong. Because that's the war within, right? Winning that war between the Spirit of God and my flesh. And that battlefield where the flesh and spirit collide is in here, right? It's in our mind. And whoever wins the battle for your mind on that daily basis is who's triumphing in your life. That's who's winning the battle, and that's what you're claiming to be yours based on your thoughts. This is too hard. I can't do this. You've bought the lie, you've bought the thought, and now you manifest that life externally. Do you see that? So all we have to do is we can change what we think when we change and agree with God, our unhealthy actions, our words, habits, some of y'all have things you've been trying to lay down. 
We're going to talk about the process today of getting to do that and staying in the process. But doing that is the key is simply just changing our minds about our circumstances. We're talking about our minds, the invisible part that you can't see that you know is there, right? We talked about the difference between the brain and the mind, right? The mind controls the brain. The spiritual invisible part controls the flesh part. Did you know that? The spirit of God triumphs if you let it. You got to let the mind control your brain. And when your mind controls your brain, you control your life. God wins. We win. We all say we like to win, right? The kingdom of God wins and God wins in our lives. Look at that next recap point. Your thoughts can change the shape of your brain, what I'm talking about, and determine how your DNA is expressed. This is called epigenetic modification. Y'all say that with me. Epigenetic modification. Yeah, y'all sound good. Right? So who's been through our encounters? Anybody? Look at all the hands. Yeah. And so we shared that same video that we share at the encounters last week. So all y'all that have never been through the encounter got to see that video. And we talked about the, how the brain is actually, we can change our brains through the word of God by the repeating, repetitive renewing of our minds, washing our minds in the word of God. And we can actually, excuse me, pass those things down. We can pass on victories in Jesus' name, or we can pass on failures, sin, habits, addictions, all these things, right? And, and, and Dr. Leaf actually studied that out and has proven that through science that we can do that. Just think how amazing that is. Your daily thoughts can change generations. Your daily thoughts are power. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful that my daily thoughts that I have in the presence of God have been passed on to my son Xander. Right? It passed on to my unborn baby that's cooking in the oven right now, Pastor Jessica. You know, I've passed, uh, the church sees me up here a whole lot more than Pastor Jessica. I've conquered some demons in Jesus' name. God's brought me so far. Uh, he's done it all. But Pastor Jessica's been through some stuff too, and she's passed on some victories in Jesus' name. And so we can actually pass those on to our kids and our grandkids, right? So we have a responsibility to not just be in right relationship with God every single day, but also changing the way we think about ourselves, our families, other people, the world around us, right? And God can, can win in and through us. Amen. Look at that, that next uh, scripture. That's uh, Romans 12, 2. And this is kind of where we're going to hang out today using this verse, and this is really the verse you think of whenever we talk about changing our minds in church, right? And so it's a popular verse. Verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There it is, right? That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Church, this is what we got to get. Not conformed, molded, shaped, to the world standards, but transform, come on somebody, by the renewing of our minds, washing our minds of the word of God on a daily basis, right? Because the world wants to master you. You can't live in power and authority if you look, act, talk, smell like even the world. You can't change the world for his glory if you look and, and act like they do, right? We have to be transformed, made holy, made righteous, the purity of God drawn out of us. And we do that 
It says by the renewing of our minds. Do you think there's something to get for us? You think there's power in our mind and in our thoughts? And so today I want to talk about that, that transformation process. Somebody say process. And that's what you got to remember, that this life is a life of process. That word transformation that we just read out of the, the Bible this morning, and that last verse is actually derived from the Greek word metamorphos. Who knew that? Nobody? Well, then everybody's learning today. That word metamorphos, where we get our English word metamorphosis. Anybody ever heard that word? Metamorphosis, right? Where we, where we have, uh, it describes a, a tangible thing, an effect that we can see in our real world, right? Like a tadpole going through the metamorphosis change to becoming a frog. Or the metamorphosis change of a caterpillar changing into a butterfly. Right? And so what I want you to remember is, we just see the, 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 we think of it as an immediate change. Oh, the caterpillar turned into a butterfly. Glory to God. Right? That's good. But we forget that there's a process in between. And so you have jump-started, God stirred your heart. He's, he's, he's told you to show you to lay some things down, some bad habits, some bad addictions, and you get fired up, right? And then you're on fire for four or five days, right? And then day five comes, and you're like, man, it's too hard. You, you see what you want to be, where you want to get to, but in the process, something happens. The enemy wins. He defeats us, right? So what I want to talk about today is staying engaged and staying filled with hope and joy in the process so that you can reach your destination. Who wants to reach your destination? Amen? And so you got to stay filled with faith in the midst of the metamorphosis. Amen? So look at that first new point. It says your spirit, soul, we said that the soul is the mind, will, and emotions, right? Your spirit, soul, and body, we're talking using the body as part of the body is the brain for this, this sermon, this message. They're remarkable. They are remarkable. You were created in the image of God. You are an intelligent being capable of more than you ever imagined. And so as we get started on the new part of our message today, I want to just lay some groundwork for you and for you to see and know that you are made perfect in God's image. Right? You are made perfect in God's image. God made you perfectly. And see, our failures are not his. If we're not careful, I can blame the things that I don't have or the things that I'm going through. Subconsciously, I'll blame them on God. And if you see God as the problem, are you going to run to him for your solution? Probably not, right? And it's a scheme of the enemy. And so what I want to do as we get started this morning is for you to see the value in God. And, and, and we're trying to, we're talking about changing our lives, right? We're not changing just for the sake of changing. We're not changing because God messed up. We're, we have to change and renew our minds because sin entered the world. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, right, we've fallen short. Has anybody ever just sit around sometimes and just get mad at Adam like, man, why? Why? Why, Adam? We had it made, right? <clears throat> There's a plan. God's still in charge, right? And I want you to see that God made you perfectly. When you begin to believe that, but you got to stop comparing your life to others. 
So you see so-and-so and they got everything. Their life seems put together. Right? You compare yourself to one person. His name's Jesus. And when you begin to believe and see that God left nothing out in you, you'll begin to conquer some things. You'll begin to believe some things. So you got to believe that God left nothing out in you. Everything that's in you is there for a reason. Everything that you think is not there, that you wish was there, is not there for a reason. God wants to use you. There are people, there's a circle of influence of people in your life that only you can impact. That's a blessing, right? There are people you can reach for the gospel of Jesus that other people can't. And God wants you to surrender to that call, submit to that call, right? Look at Genesis 127. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Just imagine, God created man in his image. Who believes God's perfect? <laughs> Who believes God's good? Who believes God's holy? Who believes God's truth? Jesus said what? I am the and the, and the, we're created in that image. That blows my mind. It can still be redeemed. So God put lots. Somebody say lots. Tell your neighbor you got lots. A good in you. But now there's the balancing act we have to walk, right? I can't set myself up as God. Because nothing you can do on your own is good. But it's what you do good in his name that makes it good. And so we are created in his image. You have the ability to, to, to conquer those impossible things, to, 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 to conquer those uh, God-sized ideas and dreams that God has placed and birthed in your heart. But you just can't do it alone. You can't be the one to get the glory. He wants it. If you're okay with that, then you can do this thing. Right? You can conquer some, some demons, slay some, some demons. Right? Look at Matthew 17, 20. It says, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will what? Be impossible for you. Jesus said you have to speak to the mountain for it to move, and it will move. There's a step before that that we probably read over. He says, first, by faith. You have to believe. When I renew my mind, when I change what I believe, and I agree with God and what he says and what he believes about me, the situation of life, or whatever it is staring me in the face, then I can, by faith, manifest that promise, that truth, and speak, and then it will be moved. Right? I change my mind, and then I speak by faith and impossible things can be made possible. Impossible has to be plucked out of your vocabulary. Impossible has to be plucked out of your mind. Come on, somebody. I don't believe the word impossible is even in God's vocabulary because he makes the impossible possible. All he sees is possible. Possible. He sees restored families. Possible. That, that, that spouse you're praying and believing for, that one that loves Jesus as much as you do, it's, God says possible. That addiction you're trying to get, 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 get off your back in Jesus' name. The thing you're trying to put down that continues to rise up inside of you, whether it's drinking or drug use or smoking or looking at pornography, all these things that are sucking the life out of you, God says, possible. Yeah. Jesus is at the right hand of God saying, Father, give them grace. It's possible. 
It's possible. You got to pluck that word impossible from your life and then begin to agree with the possible God. Come on, somebody. Possible God. This should be one of our daily thoughts. What if every morning we woke up and just said, It's possible, God. I can walk in joy today, God. It's possible. That guy at work doesn't have to rub me the wrong way today, God. It's possible. Right? I can choose joy in the midst of a crazy dark world today, God. It's possible. This is how we begin to renew our minds in the midst of the process of our change. If you, that's how you fight. You, you have to fight, though. See, a lot of us just roll over like a whoop dog, right? <laughs> when the thoughts come, I just don't got the energy to fight. I just let it in. It's going to be a sad, dark, depressing day. Got to go to work. Got to pay the bills. Got to make dinner when I get home. Got to cut the grass when I get home. Right? It's possible to walk in joy in the fullness of Christ. It starts with our minds. Right, look at the next point. God made your brain, your body, to perfectly reflect the condition of your soul. That's a powerful statement. Isn't that amazing? That the key is actually in my soul, in my spirit. God made the brain and body to perfectly reflect the condition of your spirit, the spiritual condition of your life. You were created to prosper. This explains the battle within, right? Satan knows the only way to destroy your life is to attack your mind. If you're spiritually sick, you'll never physically thrive. If you're spiritually sick in here, if you're spiritually sick in here, you will never physically thrive. And see, the world is trying to put band-aids on all of these physical sicknesses. And some of them are, are physical. Addictions, compulsions, all these things that we, we struggle with. And they're trying to medicate it, put a band-aid on it. Uh, give you a prescription for this, a prescription for that. And the whole time, God's like, it's a spiritual condition in the heart of man. It's a spiritual condition on the inside. When I can fix the inside, the outside will fix itself. And I am a, 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 a testimony of that exact statement that I just made. Ian was sick before I came to Liberty Church all the way back in 2012, entered the Sunshine House. I was spiritually dead. I was spiritually sick. I was spiritually sick and dead in my mind. And I had to be renewed in Christ. And I'm renewing myself every single day. I ain't arrived. I ain't made it. But I know I'm a lot better than I was. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Right? I'm in the process of this forever purification and and shaping and molding that God has for my life. You know, you're just clay, empty vessels, and God's the potter. Right? And he molds and shapes and forms us. And he wants us to agree with what he says. Right? Satan can only destroy you based on the level that you've granted him access into your mind. Satan can only destroy you to the level of the access you've granted him into your mind. Did you know that? When's the last time you interrogated those thoughts? Those thoughts that come. Does anybody ever have just some crazy, wicked thought just come out of the middle of nowhere? You're just driving your car. You're walking through Walmart and you have this thought? Or is that just me? The pastor up here? I hope it's not just me. 
See, but I've been living this life of faith. I know what I got to do in that moment. I can, I can breathe life and, and pump that thought or, or that, that imagination that tries to set itself up or, or living in my past in a daydream. I, I, can give it, I can give it life or I can put it to death in Jesus' name, take it captive and make it to obedient to the, to the thinking of Christ. That's how we fight. That's how we win the war. Right? The Lord showed me as I was studying the other day. Anybody like to watch movies? You know, like an action movie or like it's like C, the CIA or the FBI. And they're like down in this deep bunker and they all got a high security clearance, right? Maybe, is Dr. Forrest in here? Is he not in here? I feel like he probably has one of these, a high security clearance card, right? To get into like the safe house or into the nuclear codes area. You know, Dr. Forrest, he's a rocket scientist over at NASA, so I feel like he's got one of these cards. And you can't get into that room unless you got that card and you just poof and it's like access, right? And it opens up. Lord, show me many of us have just given that card to the devil for our minds. Your mind is a sacred place, and you've given that card to the devil every single day, every, every single moment and thought that you're just not fighting back with. You're just surrendering, releasing control to the enemy. When's the last time you give Jesus that card? When's the last time you gave Jesus the authority to come into those dark places? And say, Jesus, have your way. Jesus, help me. Y'all, that's how we fight. All right, look at 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Somebody say all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. Who's thankful Jesus came to die for your sins? Whose souls prospered and benefited because of that, that proof, that truth and promise? Anybody? Right, so don't, don't let Jesus stop there. He came to redeem your soul, but he also came to redeem your mind, your body, your spirit, your attitude, your faith. So your soul prospers. Let it, let, it, let it trickle into every part of your life. Let the prospering of your soul trickle into every area of your life because Christ wants to, it says, prosper all things. And when you prosper in here, out here prospers. Your business gets better, right? Your family gets better. Your ministry gets better. Everything gets better when you revisit that truth of that blessing and that promise that God has for us, right? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that sets itself and exalts itself to the knowledge of God, bringing every what? Thought. Every what? Thought. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is what I'm talking about, interrogating those thoughts that don't come from God. And it's not the thought that's sin, it's what you do with that thought that can manifest into sin. Come on, somebody. And so when you are in war with somebody or something or some country, we are in spiritual warfare as we just read. We don't fight with flesh, but with the spirit. When you're in war with somebody, you know what you do? You interrogate the enemy. You got to begin to do that. And your mind will probably get better. You're... Your spirit will get better. You'll begin to feel encouraged instead of discouraged. You'll begin to feel inflated with his grace and his power and his mercy instead of deflated, defeated, right? How do defeated people walk, right? They walk around looking at the feet. That was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> I'm not a very good jokester. 
All right? We can be these things if we put up a fight. If we put up a fight, right? Christ has given you the power. How amazing. He's given you the power to do that, to, to, to fight that fight, right? Tell your neighbor, you got the power because he got the power. Tell your other neighbor, you got the power because he got the power. Right? You got to know that. You got to remember that. You got to believe that. You got the power to captive that thought, interrogate that thought, make it into obedience to Christ, and cast it back to hell if you want it to. And you can have joy, and you can have peace, and you can have power. Right? The thing is, you, 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 me, 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 you, 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 watching online, you got to use the power that Christ died for to give you. You have the power to loose things in heavenly places. And buying things here on earth. Did you know that? You have the power to do that. Right? Look at that next one. This is what we're talking about, the, the metamorphosis process. It takes 21 days of consistent focused thought to create a new neurological pathway in your brain. Who's ever heard that? 21 days to start a new habit or to break an old habit. Anybody heard that? Right? That's what they statistically say. And, and, and Dr. Leaf talks about this in the book and the importance of staying on that track of 21 days, right? This new pathway creates a new subconscious response to stress, anxiety, negativity, allowing you to respond in a life-giving, godly way. And so I don't want to just put a number on your destination because when you hit 21 days, you're, uh, you're not just going to be like, oh, magically fixed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not speaking death. It's all a mindset. But what happens is the, the longer you go, the stronger you get. Come on, somebody. The longer you go, the stronger you get, right? But what Dr. Leaf talks about is this, these barriers, these walls that we hit along the way. And the last, the last big wall is really on day 21 because you feel charged up, fired up. I'm going to begin to live this way and think this way. I'm going to begin to do this new thing. And you're fired up for four or five days. And then day seven hits and you're like, man, is this really worth it? Is this really worth it? This is going to be hard. Right? People, maybe you want to get healthier. You want to get, uh, you want to get uh, stronger at the gym or something. You see all these people that are all buff and cut up. And, right? You just see, you don't see the process. You just see the finished product. Right? You don't see the, the time and effort that they're putting in day in and day out. Right? You just want to be that now. And, and so at day six, you're like, ah, I'm going to eat some cupcakes. <laughs> this is easier. Right? And so you don't, you don't know what the other person, the work and the, the sleepless nights and the thing that they're going through to get to where they've gotten. And so you got to stay the course. Then they say again at day 14, the same thing happens. The, th the thoughts come and the doubts come. And, and, and then if you get to day 21, it gets, it gets less and less and less and less. Amen? So you got to stay filled with hope. you got to remember it's a process, not an instantaneous change. So in that process, hear me, stay in faith, believe God, believe God can, and stay focused on the goal for the desired change. Stay focused on that thing you want to change. It's going to be worth it, I promise you. It'll be worth it, right? Look at that next point, the last point. So in Scripture, Jesus describes this battle that I'm talking about for your mind and the strategy of the enemy, Satan wants to steal the seed of truth from your mind so that you'll live, excuse me, so that your life never bears its fruit, the fruit of that promise. But before you're, oh, excuse me, but you were created to win. So fight to win, fight for your mind. Don't let the enemy continue to 
come in and discourage and, and to, to raise questions of doubt or to raise questions of the authenticity of you being a child of God or the authenticity of your, your whatever, you fill in the blank, intelligence or the things you can and can't do and begin to agree that you're all that God's made you to be, that you can do this if you let him lead and you can conquer some things. You can have some wins, right? So don't be, don't be discouraged, be encouraged. And hey, remind the devil who wins. Anybody read the end of this? Right? Remind him who wins. Because we're going to be victorious. Amen. You and I in the church. Here's how the enemy works. See, when God speaks, when God shows you, he, he's a positive God. I don't believe he sees negative. And so when God speaks, when God's doing something in you, he, he tells you where he's taking you. He shows you where you're going to go. He shows you where he wants to take you. This is how the enemy perverts that. He comes in and he says, see, you're not there yet. See, you're not there yet. Man, did you check out Facebook? Billy Bob, he's there. You check out Insta, Linda Lou, she's there. God, to agree with God, you've got to agree with his mindset. And his mindset says, believe me in the process. Trust me in the process and I'll take you places. When it gets hard, don't jump ship. If you don't jump ship, you'll be more blessed than you ever thought, dreamed, or imagined. And when it happens, you're going to be so thankful that no one will ever talk you out of that miracle or that thing that God did for you. That's what he wants to do. I look at Mark 4, 3 through 9, and then we're going to skip a few verses and read 13 through 20. So it says, this is Jesus. He says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Somebody say deep roots. Deep. We need deep roots, folks. Other seed fell among thorns, and it grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as it had been planted. Then he said, anyone who hears with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse 13, then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer's plants seeded by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come and once, away, once again take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorn represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as it been planted church. Stop letting your seeds 
of faith be snatched. And we are allowing the enemy just to freely come like a buffet and snatch all these words, all this hope, all this encouragement that God's trying to do in my life. And we just give him the access code. We give him the access card. And he comes and he steals and he kills and he destroys like John 10.10 says. And the whole time I'm like, why do I feel this way? Why is the... Why is the goodness of God not manifesting in my life? And it's because we're not putting up a fight with our minds. Stop letting your seed get snatched. Trust God and his process to win. I have to believe God's word is truth. I have to stand on it and nothing else. And in the midst of the hard nights, in the midst of the, of the temptation of sin, I have to stand and I have to fight to guard my mind and to stay focused on him and the goal at hand. And stop telling him that you can't because you can. Stop telling him, not yet, God, I'm not ready yet. Stop telling him you can't. What's our, in our new daily confession? It's possible. What's Philippians 4.13 say? For I can do all things through who gives me and that, and that test, and that trial, it can't be your strength. It's spiritually inside got to be his strength. And you'll conquer. You can fight, and you can fight to win. Amen. Who wants to win? Who's interested in winning? Come on, come on, somebody. For you and your family, ministry, your job, through Christ we can. Amen. We can. Y'all do something for me. Join me in prayer this morning. Get ready to close. First thing I want to do is we close. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants us, maybe some of us, just to repent from, from, from some uh, stinking thinking. Just repent from doubting or disbelief or telling God our excuses. You know, your excuses don't excuse your behavior. Your excuse just makes you feel better inside, but it keeps you stuck and bound. And so right now, you can get open and honest with God and just repent and say, God, I'm gonna, tomorrow morning when my feet hit the floor, I'm going to believe it's possible. I, I, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to choose your ways. And so if you want to do that this morning, you just want to say, Pastor, I just, I just want to repent. I want to agree with God today for some good things in my life. Just raise your hand real high this place. Just raise your, all these hands going up. Hallelujah. If you're, if you're making that decision online, tell them, type it, put it in the chat. Say, I'm raising my hand. I'm agreeing with God. I want to pray over those hands. Leave them up. Leave them up. Father God, Lord, I thank you for these hands. I thank you for these lives and families. Lord, I thank you for a sincere heart of repentance. Repent means to return to the high place. God, we return in agreement with you, Father God. We agree with your word and what it says. We're going to renew our minds and we're going to have faith tomorrow and today. The rest of today and tomorrow and the rest of the days to come in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Last thing I want to do is, if you're here, if you're watching us online or joining us in our sanctuary, and Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, you've not been born again, invite you to become part of a forever family. Become part of a church that loves you. Become part of a heavenly family that loves you and is for you. And if you've already been born again and saved, I want you right now to pray for the lost. If you know the Lord, I want you to pray right now for the lost. But if you're, if you're not born again, I want you to listen to my voice. Your life can change. It can get better. Sometimes I've seen Jesus change things in an instant, in a moment, overnight. Sometimes it's a process. But if you just say, Pastor Ian, I want to get better today. I want to leave here feeling better. 
I want to know that God loves me and I want to accept his son today. I want you to do something for me right now. It's going to be real simple. Something you do every single day you don't even think about. You take it for granted. No one's looking at you, watching you. We're praying for you. I want you to stand up right now. Physically stand up in this place. If you say, I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life, I want you to have the guts to stand up. If you say, why do I got to stand up? You got to stand up because Christ died on a cross for you. The least you can do is stand for him. I'm going to give you a few more seconds. Hallelujah, there are people standing. Heaven rejoices. I want you to stay continued standing. God loves you. God loves you. Continue standing. If you're watching online, put that in the chat. Say, I'm standing. I'm making that decision today. And I want to lead us in a prayer. I want every one of us to repeat it after me. Amen. Loud and proud. God loves you. It's going to go like this. Heavenly Father, we love you. We believe in you. We accept your gift. Your son, Jesus Christ. We love him and we love you. Holy Spirit, come. Help me be better, sanctified, and glorified in your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who's glad you came to church today? So awesome. That's why we do what we do. Nothing better than the kingdom of God growing. Amen. Amen. Heaven rejoices. Uh, Liberty Church rejoices. Well, hey, we love you very much. Thank you so much for coming. Come back next week. Invite a friend. Pastor Keith will be here, I promise. Amen. He'll be back to preach on fire for y'all. Amen. We love you. Y'all are dismissed.